0: Hi, I'm Liz Need, and you're listening to the Relationship and Revenue Podcast with John Hewlett. This This is Relationships and Revenue, Revenue,
1: the show where real real answers come from real discussions discussions about what what holds men back in their relationships at home and in in business. business. Better Better bottom bottom line line at work means improving improving life at home. home. This This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better better man. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. So glad you decided to join us today. I have with me a guest, but more than a guest, I have a friend. And this is my friend. I would
0: agree, John. We are friends.
1: (laughs) That's right. And my former coach... Liz Need. Liz, how are you today?
0: I'm doing great. I'm glad we get a chance to do this considering I am your former coach. It's exciting to see this.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. This has been a a dream of mine to start this for a very long time, and it was time to stop dreaming and start doing. And so that's why we're making it happen. All right, everybody, I want to tell you a little bit about Liz, just so that you kind of have just kind of a baseline for who Liz is, and why I think she's so fantastic, and why I think she's worth you spending your time listening to her. So besides my former coach, which means she is a coach, a life and business coach, Liz is also a speaker. She is an author. She's written books like, oh, I don't know, Curry Up, which is a cooking book, So, and (laughs) For those of you who are listening and you're not viewing this right now, Liz happens to come from Indian descent, so hence the curry up, that's where that comes from. Uh, She's written another book. Now I have read this one, and that is The 180 Life, which is a fantastic book, and she's written other ones that I know she can tell you about if she wants to. In addition to that, she is a mountaineer. Now that may sound a little strange, me (laughs) using that phrasing. But Liz has climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. That's right. Not even kidding. She climbed it. I'm like, oh my gosh. When I first found that out, I was like, okay, I got to get to know this lady because of that. Now, that's not why I stayed. That's what got me there. So, but believe it or not, of all those titles, there are two more that Liz has that I think she probably holds most near and dear to her heart. Wife and Mom.
0: Yes. That is my favorite Those are my favorite titles,
1: John. You're right. Absolutely. All right. So Liz, I introduced you a little bit to our listeners today. So, and I've kind of told people for the most part where you are now, but what would be really helpful is you could kind of tell us your story, kind of where you started and just kind of lead us up into where you are today.
0: That is a big question, and I am definitely going to give you the highlights. It's sort okay. of like the made-for-TV movie version because there's so many details depending on the questions you ask. But
2: there you go.
0: Um, you know, I'll start at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. I'll say that I mean okay. I'm 49 years old, so there's a lot of things that have happened to that got me to that place. But 12 years ago i um i I officially started what i call need inspiration which is the speaking coaching the encouragement business and it was if you recall 12 years ago was another really difficult time for the country
2: yeah it
0: was around you know 2007 2008 2009 that was when the um when the markets crashed that was a recession and so i was let go from a really good job i was making well into the six figures excuse me and I had always known that I wanted to speak when I was a kid I would lay out my stuffed animals stadium style and I would speak to them like that was my way of playing so it was like a divine thing that I would I, I had always wanted to but at the time I was a primary breadwinner I um you know it seemed like the responsible thing to do to just go get another job. Mm -hmm. But I had this moment where I was laid off and I had I could collect a little unemployment and I thought, you know what, this is my moment. I am going to become a speaker. And I remember going to a coffee shop with I had this laptop that the company gave me for two weeks. Like they were not, they gave me a week severance. They gave me a week notice and a week severance. And then I had this, I negotiated to be able to have a laptop for a couple of weeks because I wasn't sure how I was going to do it. Mm. And, um, when I, someone sat next to me at this coffee shop and I said, they said, what do you do? And I remember saying, well, I'm a speaker. And, you know, I hadn't, right. I hadn't spoken to anyone mm-hmm. in the official capacity, lots of talking, not speaking. And, um, <laughs> but it was that moment that I sort of like stepped into this, this, this like superhero thing. And I never mm. took it off. I never took my uniform off. I, I left it on for the rest of the time. And there's lots of things that happened in that process of how I got to the place where today, I, I mean, not, not that it's all about revenue, but I can tell you as encouragement, I make more money now than I did then. Nice. Um, I remember at the time people saying, you know, what are you going to do? And I would say, well, there's nothing out there. And I was secretly kind of only working on one thing. I never really looked for another job. I took this on as my job. And I tried lots of things. I tried, tel- I did several television shows. Um, I did, I, I had a, my own radio show two to, in two different places. My television show even won a regional Emmy uh, for one aspect of its production. <clears throat> I've spoken all over the world. I climbed mountains. I've gone back to India and like researched my roots. And um, the most interesting thing about it that sort of ties the whole thing together for me especially pertaining to, um, those that are listening to your show is that when I started, my youngest daughter was four. Mm. And so I took, I, at one point we had to take her out of daycare because I I literally just couldn't afford to put her anywhere Mm. and still build the business. And my, my other daughter was eight and then I had two in middle school. So you think like, what are you doing? You're a primary breadwinner. You're not looking for a job. You're starting a speaking and coaching business not in a, in the middle of a recession, not exactly like, um, you know, food, drink. And I mean, it wasn't like a essential business, like we right. say. That. So what was I doing? And I had these four young kids that I needed to take care of. Fast forward my 12 years, my youngest daughter is 16. She's two years away from going to college. Mm. I have one, I would have one kid left, but because of corona there are more children around that's just a whole other story i'm time stamping this now for all eternity that's right um but to think about what would have happened if i had postponed it because most people would say well that's not the right time wait until the next moment but because i chose to embrace the my purpose in that moment i i now look back and see it prepared me for what i am now going to do like Mm -hmm. i you know, she's going to leave. And everything that they learned, my kids learned from watching me grow this is probably more valuable than anything I've given them. I mean, really, they watched me um, have faith through the process, use my skills, learn how to, to truly sell your services to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, that isn't, Not everyone does that, but I did that. Right. Learning how to communicate, learning how to take my space in my life. As important as just as important as what they do with their life like we had to we had to make some compromises and also to see me be happy in my daily purpose like Mm -hmm. they really see that joy of what over 12 years you can still be interested and still reinvent yourself Mm -hmm. like it never ends and so I kind of think about what would it have been like if I had taken a safer route which is perfectly okay but what would have been like and I, I wonder how would I have taught them all those lessons I would have had to find another way. So that's kind of the short, that's the very short story (laughs) for what is so many interesting things I could tell you, so.
1: Oh, yeah. In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb here and this won't, it it won't be to the listeners, however, uh, and say that what you taught your kids would be at a bare minimum as valuable, I would actually say, way more valuable than any Paid for education, they'll ever get.
0: I, you know, John, I truly, I, I actually do believe that. Yeah. I'll give you just one quick example. So, oh, please. Um, Bring it. when I went to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, which, so that's to, in Tanzania, Africa, it's called the roof of Africa. It's 19,340 feet above sea level. I mean, it's really a thing, even just in the cost, the time. Forget about whether or not I actually made it to the top. And then what I would do with that later, I ended yeah. up packaging it up and selling it as a talk. And I mean, it really was a business and personal thing, mm-hmm. but um, what I taught my kids is that a, when you're 40, your life is not over,
2: There's <laughs> yeah. adventure, you know, and
0: mm-hmm. then another, you know, for my daughters in particular, that's important because so much of our roles, somehow we think our roles mean that means that you're at home but really you can have that mother and wife role and still fulfill a personal dream or continue to develop yourself. So that, that yeah. day that I returned home, I went to bed early, I was jet lagged, <laughs> and I woke up in the morning and I was like, where are my kids? I wanna see them, where are the girls? And they were outside in a tent, because to them, that's what, that's what women do. They go sleep under the stars. Okay. And they do, and so just to think about the impact of oh, oh just taking space for yourself mm. to develop yourself it it didn't hurt them in the least now when they're 40 they'll understand that their job is not just to give to others it is also to receive the the clues of your purpose you're not done developing and that's just one small example of something they'll easily take that into their roles as a student or a spouse or a parent or a business owner or an employee, they'll be able to understand that in a way that if I had talked to them about it or made them read a book or <laughs> had them do an apprenticeship, that, that decision to go to Mount Kilimanjaro deeply impacted them in a positive way, I believe.
1: Wow, that's fantastic. And I'm going to take what you said about the purpose just a a slight step further than that. Uh, And this is something that's come to me in the last few years. As important as it is for us to discover what our purpose is, and let me reemphasize how important that is, listeners, super, super important to discover that. It's not possible to know your purpose until you know you. Do you know who you are? If you don't know who you are, there's no way you can accomplish your purpose. There's no way to do that. And it's hard work, especially if you've gone through something difficult or traumatic. For me, my big life one was my divorce. And that was a little over 10 years ago. It was a huge earth shattering thing for me. And I had to rediscover who I was in the process, but I'm better because of it. And believe it or not, because of that divorce, that's how you're listening to me today. Truthfully, that is how that's happening.
0: Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. I think that um, some of the toughest things are the things that are the, like, fertilizer, the, the stuff that has mm. to be in the soil for other things to grow. It's funny that you say about knowing yourself. I just had this conversation with someone yesterday, mm. and I said, was it, who was it? I, they were talking about how, I, I was talking about how I didn't, I really did not, learn who I was until I was in my early thirties. And you can tell because my decision-making was so dependent prior to that. My decision-making was so dependent on the approval of others and also just the lives of others. I would look around and say, so what's the right decision for me? And then what everyone was doing, my knowledge of what everyone was doing around me was what drove what I could do as opposed to really like figuring out, and a lot of this getting to know your stuff is ugly. Like I learned yucky things about myself first before I could ever get to the like good stuff. I Mm -hmm. had to realize that I procrastinate, I avoid, I blame, I, I mean, I just had so many, so many problems inside. You would not have seen it necessarily, but Mm -hmm. I knew I had a certain amount of sadness in my life that, and I didn't know what it was about really where now I can say lots of things can happen to me and I still feel a centering that comes from this like knowledge of whatever it is. I feel a connection to why I'm on the planet. It sounds very like nosebleed, like we're getting up too high, but it's really like a feeling of something Mm -hmm. that I just know when I'm on target, I just know, and it feels good. And I don't feel worried. Like when something happens, I'm like, you know, my center never moves. Like the circumstances change, but mm-hmm. what I believe and what I want never moves. And that's, you know, I wish that for everybody. So here, well, I, I, w- I don't necessarily, I'm not glad you got divorced. <laughs> I mean, you know, no one ever wants, never, no one goes into relationships thinking I'm going to break up, but it's good that you had good things come from that. I mean, that, that's a gift you give to yourself. Oh, absolutely.
1: And a lot of those things, a lot of times when we go through challenging or difficult times, perspective is what makes all the difference in the world. Oh, yeah. And to take it a step further, I believe that perspective comes in time. Time brings a lot of perspective. Oh, goodness. <laughs> that's that's an entirely separate episode, just to talk yes. about that alone.
0: Yeah, you know, and also... <laughs> I I really, I do believe that. And I also, and we'll talk more about this. I'm sure as you ask me questions about relationships, but I think that the thing that I'm realizing right now, because I am at a place where I feel empowered and I Mm -hmm. feel, I feel, I don't feel like I can't handle things. Like I really feel like I could, I don't know if I'll ever really have the rug pulled out from under me again Mm -hmm. because I understand the rug isn't anything. So I'm just like, (laughs) yeah. Okay. Bye rug next. Like, Another way I get that part, but I do think in a humble way that I'm understanding that this thing that is life is just one long lesson after another, that there's literally never going to be an end. And I always thought, you know, my parents, I admire my parents a lot. And I really think my dad is like one of the smartest, most deeply spiritual people. I didn't know it when I was a kid, but as I've been out in the world, wow, he is an amazing person. Yeah. And you know, maybe you're like this, but you know, I used to think that when someone hit 50, that the lesson slowed down a little because that's what it looks like. Like for my parents, they, they kind of did. It wasn't like this one big growth thing after another, but I really feel like the opportunity that we have in this century, in this moment, mm-hmm. is that it's just, conti- there's no way not to grow. It's just not, you have to keep growing and you thought the perspective was one thing and then it changes. Mm-hmm. And you realize, oh, there's more there. I didn't realize, but oh, yeah. well, I'm sure it, you can relate to that.
1: <laughs> I would say, based upon what you were talking about related to growth, it, for me, it's one or the other. You're growing or you're dying. The, yeah. you can't Standing still is a choice, and that means you're dying. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, it's almost like decision-making. You have to decide to do something or not. So when you don't decide, you've actually decided. You've decided to do something that's not helpful to you. In some way yeah. being put means you're dying so let's find a yeah, move forward
0: yeah. right and you're, you're usually in that moment you're clinging to something you know you're clinging to the safety
2: yeah um, you yeah. know
0: i mean it's night. i get it it's like you mind it's a little mindless like you know what to do you kind of know the answers and then when it changes you're like the last to know That <laughs> you need to move on like that's that's the hardest part it's almost better to be like i'm not saying that i'm always looking for what's next. Like I try, uh, I I believe that life was meant to be lived minute by minute. You're not Mm -hmm. supposed to always be looking forward at the next thing. But I also think you have to release the moment as it leaves. Like Mm -hmm. when you have that amazing time with your kid and you think it's figured out, they're going to change. And if you don't change with them, your relationship could crack. You have Mm -hmm. to move with them. Same thing with marriage. I am not the same person as I was when I met my husband, and if he was not willing to let me grow, even when it feels like I'm growing away from him, we wouldn't be together because he would be like, well, that you sold me a bill of goods. I'm not that person. <laughs> right. You're not that person. And I would say, yeah, you're right. I like myself better, <laughs> but maybe he doesn't. You know, he has yeah. to, you know, anyway, we could go on and on with the examples of those things, but. Well,
1: since you you happen to bring up relationships, and that's a lot of what this show is about, let's talk about that personal side of relationships. And just to kind of reemphasize to everybody who's listening, my perspective on all this, and I I think it's an informed one, and that is if you want things to go well at work, whether you own your own business or not, you got to have things right at home. Your relationships at home, whatever's going on with them, they follow you to work. Yeah. It's actually, I have a very long held belief and I haven't had any HR people willing to back me up on this, but I think it's pretty solid in saying this. I think there are far too many people who take sick days from work because they got to deal with junk at home. That if we, if they had taken the time or had learned the proper skills in life to be able to deal with stuff that's going on either interpersonally or within themselves they wouldn't have to do that. And they'd be more productive while there.
0: Yeah, I think that 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 could be true. I mean, I think that's one of the coping mechanisms that people can use because they just need, it's just gotten overwhelming at home and they can't Mm -hmm. figure it out or it's gotten overwhelming at work and they need a break. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's relationship with yourself and with others. Absolutely.
2: Right,
1: so talk to us a little bit about what life was like or even what it's like now in how you how you work as an entrepreneur but at home how how are things at home how do you work on those relationships at home because that clearly that impacts what you do because your work is based at home
0: yes it and is not, I'm and I'm not, not just
1: office. because we're in covid 19 i mean it was before that
0: yeah before before covid 19 before the coronavirus i worked at home and you know there were many opportunities that i could have taken to rent a office space I've done some sharing of office space. And what I realized, because my reach is not local, that it was kind of like a waste of money. Like no one was ever coming to my office. (laughs) So I thought, why am I, why would I spend money on an office when, and also my kids, they were at school. So I had time where no one was home or there would just be one person at home. Sometimes my husband was home where I could just do what I needed to do in that seven hour time frame and then when people came home I had other things I could do and I spoke and, and whatever so I did and obviously you know I mean for people who this is relevant right now working from home with family
2: mm-hmm. around in a way we're
0: all in the same boat entrepreneur or not
2: yeah. yeah, you're at
0: home or you know that you might be at home like maybe you're there's a threat it. you don't know when you're going to back to work you know mm-hmm. so you're in this space and um, we don't you know, it's, it's testing the skills of boundaries and communication and empathy, because, you know, you can't just think about yourself. Like if you go work and everyone is out of your space, you have those hours where it's just about you and you don't have to balance anything. And, you know, I, I don't know what it's like for fathers, but I know for mothers, they tend to be the vital cog. And so if you're that person, male or female, if you're the vital cog in your home, then when you see things it's interrupting your energy because you're like, oh, I need to make sure, oh, you know, my daughter Faith, she needs to um, get to that test and I got to make sure, you know, it's just like things interrupt your your creative flow that you need right. as an entrepreneur. So having said all of that, um, it's interesting. I don't know what, I, I really can only speak for myself in mm-hmm. this particular area. Sometimes I feel like I heavily identify with a male or a female or a certain age, but in this situation. I don't think that I'm special. I just think this, I may have, I don't have a I don't see a lot of people who see it the way I do. So in some ways as an entrepreneur, I'm very selfish. So self-centered, it, it is, sometimes it has to be about me. So it could be the house is burning and I have to get this done. And I don't think I get any extra credit for pushing it off, murdering myself and doing it later. Like I do protect my health and my focus, like when am I most focused in the day? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the timeline of something? Uh, and I have boundaries also from the other side. I will say to people, hey, I've got this going on, but I'm available at this time. And uh-huh. then when I show up, I'm 100%. They don't need to worry about, like I had a million other things going on. So I think that there's a little bit of, I mean, at some point you have to choose yourself. You can't, you can't choose everybody. And you at the same time and I'm sure John I'm sure that you relate you've tried you've tried to choose yourself and 50 50 other people and at the end of it they all go home and go to bed or they go to their room and you still don't have anything right (laughs) you know and you're like and then you're like well in this game that is life where are my extra bonus points for putting off the workout the mental health check Mm. You know, maybe you read your Bible or you have like a journal, you put all that off. Mm
2: -hmm. And at the
0: end of the day, nothing, you did not get something extra from that. So that's probably my first thing is that if you can find a way to balance that necessary selfishness, Mm. necessary, everyone was born with the desire to thrive and survive like everyone. So it's not like it's bad. We just term it that way for some reason that's true, especially in spiritual circles that, Oh, you choose yourself over others. Well, what, you know, that's because they talk about dying to self. And so you think that means you don't choose yourself. I don't agree with that. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is, uh, that I think is really hard is to be a visionary that is, uh, disciplined. Okay. And that's my, those are my two things with my, with my, my family, because I, if I'm going to be selfish then when I do something, I better produce or I am putting them out. So that way, when I have a vision and I'm willing to execute, I am willing to do what it takes to get things done. Then I can close the door to my office and go be with my family. And I know that I can give them hundred percent and they get it. They get, they know it's coming. So Mm -hmm. they wait, they leave me alone because they know when I'm done, I will come and I'm not going to be like, give me that glass of wine. And um, so they're going to, I'm going to be like, Hey, I'm making dinner. Do you want to make dinner with me? Or I'll go rebound with you. Or, you know, let's go for a walk, honey, or whatever. I come ready because yeah, I've yeah. done the work to know that what I'm doing works, I guess.
2: Oh,
1: absolutely. And that's, that's definitely a challenge for, well, for challenge. type A type A personalities, but definitely for entrepreneurs, because yeah it, that business is your baby. You started it. Yeah. Now, not everybody does it this way, but I can tell you for me, every business I've started has been from scratch, from right. nothing. Yeah. And so, so I've never bought somebody else's business. I've never bought a franchise, nothing like that. So they've always been from nothing to something. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to let go of that at some point during the day, because it always feels like there's something else to do.
2: Right, and, and really? there always
1: will be. So yes. you have to make a conscious decision to say, "I'm shutting it off," because yeah. I value these relationships at least as much, probably should be more than this business. Yeah. Now, while it provides for us, it doesn't love me back. No, they it doesn't. do or should.
0: <laughs> well, and you also—it's a rich it's a rich space. Like your life is meant to be rich. There should be variety. And the reality is, is that my children, my husband, my marriage, my, my friendships, even my relationship with myself is the stuff that I need to go give. Like I have to have, that's where I get something so that I can go and give. And if I'm always giving, then there's Mm -hmm. nothing, there's no space for that. You know, I have to have, I have to have an investment. So when I say giving, I mean, if I'm always giving in my business mm-hmm. and I don't see my, my personal life as an enrichment, a space for enrichment, mm-hmm. then I'm going to do it the wrong thing. I'm going to flip it. So yeah. I'm going to say, my business is giving back something. Oh, my, my family needs this from me. Right. Instead of thinking, no, when I take, a, you know, my children, because I, I don't think I really understood it until my, my older sons were in eighth grade. Now they're 24. So when I was, when they were about 14, I was in my mid thirties and I really struggled. I was like, Oh, another swim meet. Uh, and I, I loved it. I, I loved it some of the time, but I always kind of felt like, and it was perspective. I always felt like, just like my gas tank was always low. When I got a little older and more mature, and I realized how much I miss my sons when they left,
2: uh-huh. I had
0: middle schoolers again. When they left, my girls were in middle school. Okay. And I started looking at it differently because I was like, we don't have much time left. And so I'm not missing a basketball game. I'm not missing a track meet or a, my, my girls are exceptional athletes. And in fact, my daughter, my oldest daughter, who just graduated one state at the, at the highest class in Iowa. So right. they're the state champions. And I'm so glad, she was just telling me today, you never really missed a game. I think you might've missed like one or two games. And this is in the moment when I was building a, a, a good six figure business. Mm-hmm. I never missed a game. Because once you understand your vision on both sides, you know when to stop doing one thing and start another. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna record this, write this, have this coaching client. I'm gonna set my, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna go for three hours, I'm gonna watch my kid, I'm gonna come back if I need to do something, I'm willing to do the work. Maybe I get up early on that day so that I can get everything done. I mean, it becomes more of a gaming of your time instead of just trying to like check another box, which entrepreneurs, and I, I've coached hundreds of entrepreneurs in person, thousands in groups, mm-hmm. and it is a common thread that they they can't stop to see the big picture, so it becomes like this, desperate sometimes you're desperate for money and and sometimes you're like you're just trying to get some momentum going Mm -hmm. so you go and go and go and go and it's like you can you can control momentum like it's not like the ocean where you can't you don't have any control you can create waves in your wave pool Mm -hmm. if you're willing to be disciplined and do it and i think you know it's just the least sex discipline is the least sexy word everyone's like discipline But um, it works. It just, I can't, I'm, I am not a naturally disciplined person when it comes to things I don't like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I learn, I'm, I'm still learning that the more I discipline myself, the more I have time to have fun. Go figure. Yeah.
1: Listeners pay attention to what Liz just said. She said the more she disciplines herself, the more she has time for fun. Now that's, in your personal life, and in your business life, both. That's yeah. so, so important. Um, getting back to that same idea of taking care of yourself, how it, it's, it can seem like you're being selfish, but actually, when you take care of you, it allows you to do a better job of taking care of other people. Um, you know, I, I liken it to, uh, or what I have created is the, uh, the F6 framework. For for men. It's the six areas in life that men tend to struggle in, especially after they get married. And yeah. so those happen to be, and this is I'm kind of teasing everybody, just listeners, so you hear this, because this is coming for you. Okay. So it's it's faith, fashion, fitness, food, friendship, and fun.
0: All Fs, I like it. All
1: right. Now, if anybody does just a cursory checking into an F six tornado is the most destructive one, and they're very rare very rare. And so the reason I chose to name the framework F6 is because I want to turn this on its head and say, this may be true for you now. It doesn't have to be anymore because all those things are a choice. You can stay stuck in all those areas or any one of them, but it doesn't have to be that way. So let's take this thing that was meant for bad, an F6 tornado, which is happening in your life, and let's do something better with it. That's what we're talking about, and that's what we're trying to do.
0: Yeah, it really gets to what I'm, what I believe about um, really like seeing where what you want to be in general, yep. and and be willing to t- say yes and no as needed mm-hmm. so that you can get there. And it's not like you can control. Every, I mean, you know, the beginning of this year, I had all these speaking engagements on the books. Mm-hmm. Tons of them. April and May are the hottest times for a speaker. And they just went away. I mean, some of them were postponed. uh, Mm -hmm. Some were canceled. Some were postponed to a, you know, I'm thinking I'm getting revenue in. Right. And now all the revenue is postponed. So I had to figure out what am I going to do? And I created some things that I want to talk to you about
2: because
0: I knew what I needed to do. Like I had that big picture that I could go back to and I wasn't lost. I wasn't like, mm-hmm. I put all my eggs in this temporary present basket. Mm-hmm. I knew that there was time I had to spend with my family. I knew, I just knew like, this is a time when I need to step back and think about what it is that I wanna do mm-hmm. and then go execute it. Because you can't whine about how something's over when it's over, it's, it's right. you're too late. So, you, you know, you gotta move forward and I think I think that we put in the United States in particular, because we're so blessed with Mm -hmm. prosperity, we put a lot of faith in present circumstances, a lot. Mm -hmm. And you can see it because everyone's like, where did my NBA go? And where did my 401k go? And why can't I go to the grocery store? And just and everything was about the comfort of the now. And the more faith you put in the comfort of the now, particularly as an entrepreneur, the harder it's gonna be for you when it changes. And let's be honest, True. look at what your life, You know, for people who are my age, let's say you're in your mid 40s, and you're thinking, what was it like when you were a kid? You did not have a phone that you could nope. carry around. You did not have, I mean, you didn't have a phone that, that could get off the wall. Nope. There were not 500 channels. There was no. absolutely no social media, so there was no way, You know, you got mail, you got some email, and then you got your mail. And that was it. And, and things were a lot harder to be relational. And now, you know, anyone can express an opinion. If you just are alive, you can express uh, an opinion. And, um, and the world has changed. So why would we think it's not going to change again? Like, right. let's get, let's become good at the fortitude that it takes, the investments, the kind of investments you're talking about are the things that that's where you depend on. You depend on your investments in yourself, mm-hmm. not necessarily, you know, my children could get sick. Or, um, you know, I'll, I'll share with you, my husband, um, so it was the Friday before Easter of 2020, Mm -hmm. we're a month and I don't know, probably a month into the Corona situation. Mm -hmm. And my husband had a stroke, a mild stroke and he is, he's way he's healthier than I am. He has better cholesterol, better uh, blood pressure. Like literally they could not find what was wrong with him. Mm -hmm. And he was, he, he's still not the totally the same, like he's still recovering. And I I had a hard, I mean, I didn't have a hard time with it. I was scared, I was concerned for him. I had all those emotions of you love someone, you don't want anything to happen. But because I wasn't dialed into him, I didn't have to reset myself. I I had already chosen my path with him. I already knew how I wanted to handle my marriage so that when something bad happens, I'm relying on the love that the spiritual connection I have with them, the commitment to love rather than this sucks. Are you kidding me? I have Corona and a stroke at the same time. Like what's next, you know? So, um, and I never said that to myself because I realized this isn't all about me. This world is not all about me. Right. Like, I'm just a tiny little. If we do not feel that right now, then there is no hope for us as a civilization that yeah. we are not, you as an individual are not the most important person. Can right. you, are you feeling that? Like, oh yeah, you are a tiny little flea on the side of a cow's butt as you're driving by 100 miles an hour to go to the Grand Canyon. That is how yeah. important you are. <laughs>
1: Pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you were talking a little bit about some of the stuff that you're doing and how you're having to pivot or transition. I hate
0: the word pivot by the way, but I said it.
1: (laughs) Okay, sorry. Well give me a better word. I said it.
0: I said it. (laughs) Well definitely
1: if you've got a better word, I'm happy to use
0: it. I I don't.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I hate I hate that too. I hate it when you know society decides this is the word to say yes.
0: And then you kinda want to but it's it's a word that we all understand. Yes.
1: All right. So (laughs) so what's that like for you? What are you doing right now to do some of that transitioning? And how is that affecting you personally, and your business?
0: So, um, it's so fun that you're asking this question now. Because if you had asked this question maybe 60 days ago, I kind of knew where I was going. I was already doing the work, but Mm -hmm. I didn't have the payoff yet, and so I don't know how I would have described it. But what I decided to do um, is I thought about, so if you can imagine, I had all this stuff ready to go, I was gonna speak, so my efforts We're not in the, you know, I usually don't coach a lot of people during those speaking seasons because I need, it's not fair to the coaching clients either. Uh, So I was ready to be kind of on the road off and on for about probably six to eight weeks. And that's printouts and, you know, reviewing PowerPoints and getting them to play. Like it's a whole different ball of wax, right? Everything disappears. And, and people are working from home and it's like, you kind of look and go, what was that an asteroid? Like you're kind of walking around going, how big is this crater? Mm-hmm. How long is it, you know, we're all, we're still kind of in that situation know, with all the different things that are happening in the world. Like how bad is it? Do, how, how serious are I to take this? So I looked at it and I had, um, and I will tell you, you know, from my perspective, my business is very spiritual. So when I have a moment like that I pray, like not everyone listening is going to say, you know, okay, God, what's going to happen next? But for me, that was the case. Okay. And I, okay. I kind of sat in my, I sat in the middle of the crater <laughs> and I was like, well, I acknowledge that everything that I had planned is now blown up. Mm. And I was like, give me, like, what's the next thing to do? Like what, cause I can't do nothing and wait for people to hire me again. Like that's right. not a good strategy. And I have all this time and I'm with my kids. So one of the things that I did is I took time with my kids. I started cooking five-star meals. I spent time doing board games. I started walking. I I did like all these different things that I was like, well, while I'm doing this other stuff in my mind, I'm gonna invest in this place that is my enrichment, like I talked about. Mm -hmm. And then this is the first thing that came to mind. So I, I decided, well, people are working from home and I know what it's like to work from home. And I think that mental health is really going to suffer mm. because these people are on Zoom calls all the time and their their dog is in the background and their kid, they're supposed to be homeschooling and like they don't have a place at home that's designated and there's all this new technology. So I created a nine module work from home primer and okay. it had each thing has a video, some things to think through. And it was just like, you know, if you need help, I'll price this not very high. So that way you can get something and it can help you. Sure. And it was all like, just a, I can give you the link. I can still give people the link. I'll give you all the information if you want it at the end, but um, they can get, they get this link and then there's like six blocks and you click one and you go in and it's whatever you want. So whether it's investing in your mental health mm-hmm. or how to manage people remotely, I just thought of what people needed. So that was one. Then the next thing that came to mind was, um, There's all these basketball players because I just finished winning state. Oh, wait, it wasn't me. No, it felt like me though. (laughs) And I thought these kids need, like, who's coaching them? I mean, they can go out and shoot baskets, but who's coaching them? So I created another thing, exactly the same, nine modules. You go in, you click on a box, you see a video and some resources and that. And it was all about mental strength related to basketball. Because my kid had just done all these things and I thought, how do you deal with a coach who doesn't believe in you? What do you do? Like, what are the five questions you should be asking yourself? How do you turn a bad game around? And I took nine questions and I basically answered them. And, I, and then the third thing, and then I'm going to tell you about the results. Okay. The third one okay. was diversity. Okay. Well, all this stuff happened. And I thought, you know what? How many millions of dollars have we spent on diversity training? And people still do not understand how to connect around these areas so i'm going to help them and i called it together school and it was all about like how do, when someone says you're racist how do you respond
2: mm-hmm.
0: or why are people so hurt when i ask a simple question i created nine modules and i thought i just want to help you understand what's going on because people are scared to they don't know how to respond they have all these feelings They don't want to argue necessarily, but they find themselves in a lot of arguments. And I was concerned because I feel like it impacts your business and your hireability. So I was a little worried. Like if you say the wrong thing, even if you didn't mean it, Mm -hmm. or even if it's your right, how do you know how to navigate through that? So I wanted to help. So the first program I sold to an association, a human resource association, I sold it for like a thousand bucks and they just. disseminated it to their members oh I'm like oh so then I sold it five more times The basketball thing I worked with different AAU programs and coaches Mm -hmm. I said well how much would it how much would you spend to have your kids working through this so then you can do like a weekly call and go over the material like this is a great way for you to stay connected to these people and so then I started getting people to buy that and that's these things are still going Oh my goodness together school someone called me and said "Um, hey we're an online training program and Mm -hmm. we love your material could we license would you provide a license and we'll take your nine modules and go sell them to big companies around the world so I'm like (laughs) this this just happened like last week nice so so I there's a way for people to, to be involved in that, like anyone who's listening, I'll make those things available at Lizme.com. Yeah. There are links there for you to do it. Um, okay. I also created cards, postcards that were COVID, kind of tongue in cheek COVID cards, because I thought, if you want to send a postcard to someone, here's a perfect time. I just started thinking like, what what can I do right now like yeah. to help people? Uh, obviously, John, I give a lot of things away for free and whatever, but like what this is the thing that I realized. This is the lesson that COVID gave me is that the arc, like the idea of knowing the ark? you gotta build your arc. And you gotta build the arc as big as you dare. I think I tweeted this, build the arc as big as you dare because the rain is coming. Like you're an expert, you're an expert. You know in your intuition and your purpose, there are things that you are seeing in the world that need to be done. You don't wait for someone else to do it. You don't wait to see if it's a good idea. I may not have sold any of those things. Mm-hmm. Or sold very little. But at the end of the day, I'm doing something. I'm creating something and putting it out there. And how could someone buy it if it's not there? No one is going to buy my idea. Absolutely. But people will buy something that's done. They will, I can convince somebody to buy something if it's a completed product. And so that's what happened. I built an arc, this diversity thing. Uh, I really wanted to focus on the white majority and I wanted to speak in a way that was not critical, that was encouraging, and just say, hey, like, this is a crazy time. And I am here to help you if you want it. I will help you mm-hmm. demystify what is going on in the news and how to respond. And I've got people individually buying it. And then this company coming and saying, I love your take mm-hmm. on this. It's so exciting for me.
1: Very nice. Well, you've got a lot going on. I know.
0: I, know. I had to give the timeline. Sorry it took so long, but I had I to know. give the
1: That's perfectly fine. You know, yeah. um, one of the other major parts of your business is speaking and I've, I've been curious to find out, have you been involved with or will be involved with more like virtual events?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Yes, I have. I've already, I've done quite a few virtual events. Okay. Um, Okay. And uh, I think it's something that is going to continue because I think I really, my take is that the next 18 months, which feels like forever, but the next 18 months it will just be in flux like it's not going to be everyone inside all the time it's just you need to be prepared for the different ways that people are dealing with the problem Mm -hmm. and so for me i thought well it's a different skill set to be able to communicate effectively through a camera because you Mm. don't, you can't i'm right now i'm looking at a camera lens i'm not looking at you right so being able to do that is a skill so i would say no problem. And I learned, I I kind of use those skills that you've experienced John, to connect with audiences. So I think for the future, I think that virtual connection is a good thing to do right now because you'll always get the human back Mm -hmm. and now you've built like another thing that's virtual. And now you've, you've kind of created another area to be powerful in. Yeah.
1: Very cool. All right. So, um, and listeners, I know, Liz covered lots and lots of different things and so I want to make sure that you know we will be sure to include everything she talked about in the show notes it will all be in there all the links all that sort of thing ways to connect with Liz Liz tell us about that how can we connect with you if someone says oh my gosh I love Liz I gotta find out about those things she talked about or I need coaching desperately how do I get a hold of Liz
0: yeah, and um, so you can go to Liz, me, .com, liznead.com, dot com, mm-hmm. and just shoot me an email. That's the best thing to do. And I really, I want to say like, I have solutions that are for people, but the thing that I really love is helping entrepreneurs. And it's kind of a funky thing when I am an entrepreneur I'm doing my entrepreneurial thing, but I am also into, I am not competitive with other entrepreneurs. I feel like we all need to succeed. Oh, absolutely. What I think, yeah, like, you know, sometimes you kind of, you're like, how are you helping me and you? But right, to me, it's right. like billions of people on the planet. So who cares? So the other passion is, is kind of helping people with strategies. Like, what do I, something's missing. How do I package this so I can create income?
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: think that that's probably the place that I love to help entrepreneurs the most. Mm. It's in like, let's make this a consumable product that people want to reach, instead of saying, I have a lot of food and it tastes good, (laughs) say I have a menu and here's the food I have and here's how much it costs. It's just the difference between over, like having to talk all the time to sell Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: being able to say, just go to LizNeed.com. I got stuff for you. It's all there. So I would love to connect with anybody who needs help, even for encouragement sake, because it's, I'm not always everyone's coach. Or I, I'm not going to, but I, I know I can encourage you and make sure you get the right help.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that's important, I think.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, I have the same thing when people contact me because uh, I might not be a fit for somebody. I mean, right. it's what's really important to know in business for sure is when you know you and you know what you're about and you know what your business is all about, I'd rather have a thousand no's to get to the one right yes. Yeah. Because I don't want to have a kind of uh, client that I know I'm going to have to fire. Right. I just, I'm not interested in that. Because that to me is a difference between having a customer and having a client. And I don't want customers. I want clients. And the other revolves around mindset. And I know you and I have talked about that many, many times. And it's having that uh, scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. And scarcity says- Says you and I are in competition with one another. Right. Abundance yeah. says there's plenty of people, there's plenty of money, there's plenty there of people that need to be reached because we're barely scratching the surface. Absolutely. So let's find ways to work together because I'm going to run into somebody that I know is not a good fit for me, but I know you could help.
0: Right. And in order to be in that place, you do have to really uh, maybe full circle. This is full circle. You kind of need to know who you are yep. because otherwise we are in competition. But when we describe what we're doing, John, you and I, we're not in the same space. No, we're So not. we don't have to compete because we've both defined what we want to offer. And I think sometimes in entrepreneurial spaces, when you don't define what you need to offer, you start feeling competitive
2: yep. for dollars.
0: Cause you're like, how do I, grab? you're like in a tube with dollars flying around. <laughs> right. And so you're like, I'm trying to grab the dollars versus I have no, I will tell you, more now than before, because I've been doing this so long. But I often tell people I'm not your coach. Like when they start saying, I'm not sure, I'm like, you know what, I really think, I think that I may not be the right person for you, so let's talk about what you're looking for, and I'll get you there, like I I waste zero time. When someone starts to ask me to prove my worth, I think, I'm not your coach, I'm gonna annoy you. We're not gonna solve the problem. Let's move on to someone else. Please don't feel bad, I don't feel bad. Right. So right.
1: relatable, John, like, is this so relatable? <laughs> oh my gosh. Every day relatable. Yes. 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 <laughs> it Totally is. All right. And folks you can find Liz on all the major social media channels as well. She's on all of them. You can find her on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. She's on all of them. So it's not hard. And again, we'll include all those in the show notes so you can connect with Liz because I know she'd be more than happy to talk to you if that's what you want. Yes. All right. So the listeners are used to this, but I warned you about it ahead of time. We're coming up on our final four, four quick questions, just quick quick questions. Just the first thing that pops off in your head. Okay. 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 Question number one, why did God create Liz?
0: I think God created me to boost people up, to bring energy to their daily life.
1: Nice. I like that. All right. (laughs) Question two, what are you reading or listening to right now that's helping you grow?
0: I am not reading something that's nonfiction. I am actually reading the book Educated, which is about a person, a Mormon individual who um, got her education a different way. So it's good to read about other people. It's interesting. You should, should, people should read it for sure.
1: Okay, absolutely. Uh, Folks, we will, again, she mentioned that book. We'll include a link in there to the book.
0: Yeah. I was just looking for it. Like, could I grab it? Hold it up, but okay. Oh,
1: okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Favorite thing that you like to do with Ken and then also with your family?
0: I like to play a game called Unstable Unicorns.
1: Okay. Now you're going to have to say what that is because I don't know about the listeners. I don't have a clue what that is.
0: You really need to get it.
1: Okay. You it's called it. Unstable Unicorns.
0: Unstable Unicorns. And okay. so it's about, it's it's kind of like a game of, You're trying to win while you keep people from hurting your stable of unicorns. Okay. And you can stop people from doing it's, you know, you kind of have to, it's a strategy game. All right. And it gets heated. It is (laughs) there is no bond. There are no familial bonds. There are no marital bonds when you're in the game. But um, it's really fun. And I played it with a from 16 years of age to 63. And we're all able to have fun together. And you kind of look for those opportunities where everyone can be on the same page, Mm -hmm. male, female age. And so, um, yeah, I would highly recommend everyone buy unstable unicorns. I have no stock in the company. It was just, it's a super fun game.
1: Okay. Unstable unicorns. We got it. All right. And the final question, number four, what are you most grateful for?
0: Oh my goodness. I am grateful for, the opportunity, every opportunity I get to figure it out. <laughs> That's all, at the end of the day, this is what all this crazy race stuff and corona mm-hmm. and Kobe Bryant dying and the fires in Australia and murder hornets and whatever else that I'm overlooking that has just happened in this year. Right. I realized that all we got is if you get another chance to figure it out, that is the biggest gift in the world. So.
2: awesome.
1: Well, Liz, thank you very much for spending some time with us today and sharing your insights into not just who you are, but things you've learned along the way that have helped you get better as a person and as an entrepreneur. We certainly appreciate that. Thank
0: you for having me.
1: You bet. Well, listeners, thank you for choosing to tune in with us today. And don't forget, we've got another episode coming up next. It will be me doing a solo show. Don't want to spoil it for you, but it's going to be super fun. And always remember...